Oh, I am into it. I am in. Are you into it? Are you into the Continental Classic? Pal, friend, chum, buddy. You really should be at this point. Is the feeling being restored, folks? Fellas, ladies, are we getting back into it? Guys, gals, non-binary pals, is AEW back? Let me tell you. Lots of money bitten. Lots of money in a lot of mouths, if you ask me. One guy got his wish. Came out swinging. We swung back. You think he wouldn't come for it? Hit the bricks. Anthony Khan. That Morin Hayes. Another good dynamite this week. It's feeling good. It's feeling like old time. And when I say old time. We're not talking like, oh, back when in 221, 2021. No, 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 I'm talking, you know, last January, last February, last December. Like, we're barely a year removed from the, one of the greatest stretches of TV wrestling in a long time. In forever, maybe. Back to old times. We're getting there. We're really getting there. The Continental Classic. Man. Has this thing picked up? It's getting good. I think it's getting good for a bunch of... Well, look, I, okay. Yeah, I'm already... I'm hype. What do you want from me? I'm feeling good about it. I'm feeling good about last night's Dynamite. Of course, you know, this is the, this is the AEW Dynamite review. Did I even introduce this? Welcome. <laughs> we review Dynamite Weekly here on the Mr. Warren Hayes Show. So if you're watching this on YouTube right now, leave a like and a subscription and get excited with me. Uh, otherwise, if you're listening to this on your favorite podcast application, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts, five-star ratings on Spotify, uh, would be appreciated and help grow the podcast at the same time. But I, 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 Look, I want to get into this one here and do this, uh, this dynamite from uh, the College Park Center in Arlington, Texas. And look, this is how good of a mood I'm in right now. 3,689 tickets distributed according to WrestleTix, right? We didn't even break 4,000 here. It's still piss poor attendance. But it, I just want to get into this. I want to get into the show. Because, look, the, what am I going to tell you about the Dynamite attendance this week that I haven't been hammering home over the past, uh, over the past multiple weeks, like since the summer, really, in regards to to uh, to to attendance, this is this is not good, you know. Oba Warren was a hot crowd, absolutely. What a fantastic wrestling crowd they had, you know. Absolutely made up to uh, you know, made up for the fact that you know a quarter of the building was empty, or whatever. Um, absolutely made up for it, uh, but you know, don't. Don't try to make excuses. These are not good numbers. And, and I don't think it's sustainable. I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, that being said, um, again, everything that I would have to say about this, this low attendance figure, you know, it's rinse and repeat from everything I talk about here and on the collision review in regards to numbers. You know, I just don't... Look, it's not as much that I want to wash over it with all this great talk about... 
Because if there was something significant that I could add on the business aspect of it for this for this attendance here, if there was something more that I could add that I haven't already spoken about over months at this point, I'd do it. But I'm like, look, why don't why don't I not waste your time, people, friends, uh, watchers, listeners, crowd, group. Why don't I not waste your time and just get into the thing? Because otherwise I'm just, I'm going to be rehashing old bits. And I don't think you want that. I don't want to do it. I don't want to not. And, and especially when there's so much, there, there, there's, there's so much different stuff to talk about this week. Like there's, there's lots of compelling, really fun stuff to talk about. Let's just get into it, right? Okay, so I'm recording this, as many of you know, on the Thursday, so this is uh, December 14, and we are talking about the December 13 Dynamite, of course, like I said, Arlington, Texas, so on and so forth, and as we've been doing over the past couple of weeks, let's start with a breakdown of everything that went down with the Continental Classic this week, where we had Blue League matches and Gold League matches, everyone is caught up, everyone is up to date now, and that's tremendous, like, no, you know, the... Coming in, uh, you know, Andrade, uh, Andrade and, and Brody King were one match behind the rest of the Blue League. No, mo no longer is that the case. Everyone is on equal footing when it comes to wins and losses. Um, first of all, though, even before we get into the matches themselves, it has been announced. They came out with it. Excalibur announced it. It's done. Head-to-head -head tiebreakers. G1 Climax tiebreakers. As we assumed they were going to do, you know, we we expected them to do, um, we expected them to do uh, 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 these types of uh, tiebreakers, where essentially, in the where in the event of a tie, the guy who has the win over the other, the other gets the gets the win. He breaks the tie that way. Now that we know this. Now, now we can start talking a little more confidently about what scenarios are happening, what are things... Because in the meantime, we were all just assuming there were going to be G1 um, G1 uh, uh, tiebreakers, right? It could have been... They could have done a, a number of other scenarios, you know, tiebreaker matches, so on and so forth. But no, we're getting the head-to-heads. And that's tremendous. I think it's great. So, on that footing... We got into this one here where Andrade El Idolo from the Blue League defeated Brody King in a tremendous match. A tremendous, tremendous match from, from both guys here. And they're just, they're really going strong on each other from the get-go on this one here, right? And you have Brody who just like drops Andrade with a shoulder block, you know? Andrade is looking fantastic in this match. Well, both men are, quite frankly. Um... And uh, and they're strike. They're just beating the tar out of each other. Isn't it great? Isn't it great? I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man. I don't necessarily need overly complex things. I understand the stories of two guys beating the shit out of each other in a professional wrestling match. It makes a lot of sense to me, and it was tremendous. It was. Just, I, I I I thought this was great, and you even had. Andrade pulling out all the offense right down to the uh, to the split-legged moonsault. He did you know, all of it. 
back elbow, and then the finish happens when um, when Andrade, the, he and I, he and Brody King are on the uh, they're 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 struggling on the turnbuckle, and the turnbuckle padding, you know, not the turnbuckle itself, but the the gimmick like the hook thing, the 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 padding that's around that gets removed. So what does Andrade do? He DDTs um, Brody right on top of it. And then gets back into the ring, does the hammerlock DDT and gets the win. Again, I'm a simple man. And this was, this was, this was fun. It was something we hadn't seen yet. And Andrade is now at nine points. Brody King suffering his second loss. We'll, we'll touch on the standings and whatnot in a, in a short while. Um, but uh, what a way to kick off the show. Holy shit. What? <laughs> Just a great TV match, and it and and that holds its own in this tournament. Then we had uh, a little later on Roosh defeating Jay Lethal in a sub five minute match. What is it? Four four minutes and thirty seconds. And if you ask me, you, you know, and you probably are, you're probably asking me for my opinions at least implicitly because you're watching, right, or listening. Uh, if you ask me. Uh, this, I think this made a lot of sense. Look, you have Roosh, who is, you know, an established badass, right? And he's a, maybe he sees himself a little more as a badass than a lot of us do. But we're, <laughs> let's refrain from this conversation for now. Um, but, you know, he's a, he's a badass. He's a fighter. He's a brawl. You know, he's a tough guy. So um, his loss last week, right? It wasn't last week that he lost to... Um, they lost to Moxley, you know, probably yeah, in character, probably did get to him, probably did piss him off. So he comes in here with Jay Lethal, who's, you know, he's the pin eater. He's the, uh, he's the, you know, the, the, um, he's the J-Brown. Jay Lethal, the J-Brown here, the, the scrub. You know, he's the guy who's uh, eating pins throughout. Roosh comes in, demolishes the guy, T just picks him apart. And I thought this was off to a really good start too, but then at some point, Roosh is just like, no, Roosh is overwhelming, just taken over. And there's nothing lethal can string together that can keep Roosh down. So Roosh destroys him. Roosh, ha you know, comes in, knows, you know, he's he, he's probably on his last breaths in regards to uh, in regards to his uh, his tournament. He just comes in swinging, swings for the fences hard, and boy, you know the. the he just dismantles Jay Lethal, beats beats the job guy for the for the tournament in less than five minutes. So he officially stays alive. But as you recall, it, you know in our in our weekly Continental Classic rack ups rack ups wrap ups here, um, we have a staff. We soft eliminated Roosh from the tournament. He is mathematically still alive, but his chances are advancing are. Very circumstantial. We'll get back to that in a little bit. And we got another Continental Classic match for this time from the Gold League. Well, I mean, there was one Blue League match. Everything else was Gold League. But from the Gold League here, we had Jay White defeating Mark Briscoe. Good little match. Good stuff. Solid. Well done. Great pro wrestlers. You know, like, everything came together. Um, maybe not the most explosive match from all of the Continental Classic matches that we got today, and not just the Continental Classic, like, you know, 
we're gonna get we, you know we'll talk about Hangman Page and 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 Roderick Strong in a second, but uh, um, you know maybe not the strongest of 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 all the the the, the Continental Classic offerings, but. You know, this is a bit of an embarrassment of riches situation where it's like everything everything was good to to great at this point. So I'm not even disappointed. I thought I thought it was well done, a super fun match um, between the two. Um, and you know, Jay Lethal, uh, Jay White, excuse me. He's ju- he's dropping uh, 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 sleeper suplexes one after the other. Mark Briscoe with a, a backdrop driver. He even at, at some point tries to get the J the J driller, but uh, uh, but uh, uh, Jay Lethal's been working the legs the entire match. He goes for the froggy bow. Mark Briscoe does knees up by our boy Jay White, who then lands the Blade Runner and get his nine points. Jay White still very much alive in this tournament. Again, we'll get to this to the standings in a second or two. And finally, the main event, the hot, hot, hotly anticipated match between uh, John Moxley and uh, Swerve Strickland, where, where, where Mox did end up defeating, um, did end up defeating uh, Swerve here in a match that uh, that I thought was tremendous. I thought was very good. And, you know, I, I did hear say, you know, a lot of people wanted a lot more out of this match. But, uh, listen, I'm going to tell you, I'm um, I'm kind of okay with what we got. And I think this is indicative of something. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to break it down. Don't get me wrong. But uh, there's there's some stuff here. In this match, that look, I I I thought this was great. I thought this was really great. Like this one, uh, I gave this. Um, let me see here. There we go. Okay, I see. I gave this four and a quarter stars. I thought this was tremendous. I thought this was really really good. And uh, and they're trading big moves. And Mox is pulling out gosh pile drivers and and flatliners by Swerve. Like Swerve's bringing out his big offense too. Um, uh, you know, doing jumping kicks and 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 he's stomping Mox on the floor and uh, Mox is doing the bulldog choke and into Juji Katami and like and, and we're going to the three minute mark here and I, if you recall my prediction is that this match was going to go to a draw and they, they give the over the over run and I'm like this is what we're doing this is what we're doing we're going to a draw here so and 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 the Mox gets the win on a on a roll up shit or you know whatever the fuck. But here's here's the um, here's what what was fascinating, uh, maybe even shocking to me, is that um, what was shocking to me is that the uh, Motley and I think to everyone is that Swerve shoulders were not pinned. You know, none of the neither of his shoulders were pinned. He just. Uh, he being uh, 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 and Mox on top of that was grabbing and you know they were making commentary was making a, a point of this grab the trunks so not only was Swerve sort of not even properly pinned but you got Mox there clasping onto the fucking 
So I'm like, okay, this is very interesting here. I'm not going to lie. This is very, very a curious development indeed. And, you know, frankly, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, uh, I don't know what the, th what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know what the anxiety is around Swerve losing here, right? Where everyone, there's a lot of people throwing in the towel, getting mad at this. And I think this is by design. I think this is purposeful. Because look, if, if, if you're, a betting person, I am not a betting man, but if you are, if you like to, if you're into that stuff, I would put a little money on the following scenario. I would put a little money on Swerve and Mox fighting them, fighting each other one more time in the context of the Continental Classic and Swerve coming on top. I think they didn't create this finish out of nowhere. I don't think that they created, that this is the finish they decided to go with to protect swerve or some bullshit like that this is a this is an opening for a bigger match for something more significant for uh for a, a, an extended feud here mox here didn't give a shit right he did the thing he uh he did the thing he held the trunks and he was you know at the end he was flipping people off and like, I don't care. I, who cares? I won. But Swerve cared. Yeah, Strickland did give a shit about losing and it didn't make him happy. So, it, it, I, it feels to me and I, my, in, my instincts are usually pretty good here. It feels to me like, like we are going to see Swerve and Mox within the context of this tournament one more time. And this is going to be the definitive Swerve win here. Because I agree in everything that they're setting up and how they're pushing Swerve Strickland. And be very clear about this. What Swerve Strickland has been going through is a push. Now, Dave Meltzer recently on, on I, don't, I think it was in The Observer, talking about Shinsuke Nakamura's current push. I'm like, that's not, have we forgotten that a push actually involves you winning some matches and elevating yourself, right? Where Shinsuke has been in losing endeavors against top stars. That's not a push. Let's not lose the plot here. Swerve is actually 100% truly in the midst of a push. So what are we doing here exactly with, 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 this, with this situation here? I, I would not be surprised if in the semifinals, there's, there's two scenarios, right? Let me, let me backtrack a little bit. There's two scenarios I feel are possible here. And it depends on which one AEW decides to go down. Um, of course, but it depends on, I, it, this is what I'm trying to say, because of course, Warren, there's two scenarios, but AEW is going to pick, but. <laughs> the point is that we don't know how, what I'm trying to say god damn it is that we don't know what uh what the the semifinals are going to look like 
And there's really two ways to go about it. Either you do semis within the same league with number one versus number two again. So you're retreading a match from within your, your tournament. Within, yeah, with, you're rerunning a match that you already held in your tournament. Or you do gold winner versus blue runner-up and blue winner against gold runner-up. It's either or. But I think no matter what the circumstance here is, I think, and I, I, there's probably going to be a lot of people that are going to like this. Um, I, if look, if if we do the if we do the um, the the gold one versus blue two and uh, blue one versus gold two scenario, I think it is entirely possible that Mox and Swerve find themselves head to head once again at World's End because. We'll get into we'll we'll get into scenarios very shortly. But if Swerve is able to, if Swerve wins his next match, there's a a very clear circumstance where he can finish number two. Then he goes off and beats Blue One, and then he goes to the finals. And Mox right now is the winner of he is going to win the block. He is going to win League uh, Gold League. So he is Gold One. So he beats whoever's whoever Blue Two is. And then we get these two guys back at the pay-per-view for a big ass show, for a big ass main event confrontation. I know there's a lot of people who who really want Eddie Kingston to be there. But I'm just establishing a scenario that would make sense of this ending. Otherwise, if if the the semifinals are within the blocks themselves, you know, winner versus runner up and on both ends, um, well, then we can absolutely run Mox versus Swerve again in the semis, right? But I think with what they're doing here, with this very match, I think the story here, that I think this is a good enough, strong enough, compelling enough event to carry this uh, into, the, uh, into the finals at the pay-per-view at World's End. I 100% think they can do it. I'm excited for this. So we talk about standings then? Let's see how we're going. And we're also going to be talking about uh, Blue League here as well. But we'll start with gold. So as we said, Moxley got another win. He is at the uh, tippy top with uh, 12 points. Um, then we have uh, then we have uh, Swerve, Jay White. Uh, Swerve and Jay White, who are, who are, Jay White, excuse me, who are both... At nine points, Roosh with six. Of course, Lethal and Briscoe are eliminated. Now, um, uh, again, I think Roosh is soft eliminated here. Let me take a look at the um, uh, at the board here. See, Roosh has Strickland left. I think it's extremely possible, um, highly likely, I should say, that Swerve Strickland is going to win against uh, against Roosh. Even if Roosh gets nine points, he lost to Moxley. Well, Moxley's going to be ahead of everyone. Um, he uh, he lost to Jay White. Jay White is already at nine, so he you know he wouldn't even qualify for that. And I and I think that's the biggest red flag there is that um, is that Roosh's two wins right now are against the scrubs of the league. He didn't beat White. 
He didn't beat Moxley. I don't think he's beaten Strickland. I think the established Str- uh, uh, Roosh this week as a hungry uh, as a hungry beast, but um, I don't think he's I don't think he's gonna make it. So even if he makes it at nine, even if he makes it to nine points, Jay White, even if Jay White loses his match and stays tied at nine. We're going we're gonna to have a little odd three-way situation here because if Jay White loses his match and stays at nine, he still holds the tiebreaker over Roosh. But then Roosh will hold the tiebreaker over Swerve Strickland. And then Strickland holds the tiebreaker over White if they all if if they all stay, if they all end up with uh, with nine points. If Roosh wins, that's what happens. All three of those guys go go to nine points, and then we have a three-way. And it's a goofy scenario to think about, but I don't think it's. I don't think, look, a lot of us in the G1, trust me, same thing here with the C2. We love to get into our heads and start thinking about all the scenarios because we want to be the one who sees the goofiest scenario and calls it out because there's a point of pride to it or whatever. But there's, when it comes to these, to, to these tournaments, when it comes to the G1, it's always Occam's razor. It's always the simplest uh, expression that makes it happen. So even a, even if we could have a three-way situation here, I think we go with the easiest call here, which is John Moxley, of course, wins his final match against Jay White, establishes him all the way up at uh, 15 points, a perfect record for his for his C2. White stays at nine. Swerve beats Roosh. Swerve gets his 12 points. We have a clear delineation where who's at number one and at number two. And we're having we're having Swerve work for the the for the accolades a little more, which is good booking. It's good fucking booking to do that. This is this all makes sense. So I saw a ton of anxiety in regards to Swerve losing, and oh, they're just gonna go with Mugs again, aren't they? Uh, he might he might win the block, but I don't think he's gonna be. I put your money. On John Moxley not winning this tournament. Mark my words. So Gold League right now, uh, that's this is where we're heading. So again, next week, uh, Jay Brisco <laughs> and Jay Lethal, which should actually be a lot of fun. Uh, and you know, and you know, there's a there's a bit, there's a feud there too. And and at the end of the 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 Lethal match, let's not forget, Lethal was very disappointed, and cameras followed him up the ramp and. Jared and 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 Sanjay and you know and, and, the, and the dorks they all came out to sort of and Jay Lethal was sort of brushing them off and he's like man I'm so sick of hanging out with losers and being a loser I mean I'm not the one clamoring for a Jay White push couldn't care less but there's a story there they're trying to say so what if this leads into Jay White and Mark Briscoe and they sort of mend fences and they whatever seems like Mark might win next week, but look, it doesn't really matter. Then, as we said, Mox versus White and Roosh versus um, Swerve Strickland. Very engaging stuff. Very, very engaging stuff. As it pertains to the Blue League, as I said, everyone now is on equal footing in regards to wins and losses, which wasn't necessarily the case. And quite frankly... Right now in the Blue League, and 
We could sit here and go through every possible scenario, but I'm not going to. There's no point. But um, but there, Bear's pointing out that outside of Dan Garcia, everyone is still in play here. Every single man who is not uh, mathematically eliminated is still in play. There are still two matches left for each wrestler in the Blue League. This, these are the standings right now. Andrade Alidolo, he's, he's got a perfect score. He's up at nine. Uh, Brody King, Brian Danielson tied at six. They both ate a loss. Um, uh, yeah, they both ate a loss. So that's where we're at for them right now. Eddie Kingston, he's on the he's on the comeback trail at three. Claudio still at three. Of course, Dan Garcia, as we mentioned, is at zero. He's officially out of the tournament. So it's really hard to point out who's going to 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 go forward here um because there's so many things at play still there are so many things that i've still that 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 there there are many every scenario is dependent on other people's tournaments like it's a big yarn murder board you know where you tie up the polaroids to the pins and whatnot there's a lot of that going on. You know, Andrade right now, he's got the perfect score. But he still has Claudio and Eddie Kingston left to go through. Uh, Danielson, he's got Brody and Castagnoli to go through, right? Uh, 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 um, and um, so, you, you know, and, and, and Claudio has, that's, he has Andrade and he has Danielson. So, there's still, there's still some stuff that could happen here. And Kingston, well, Kingston has... Dan Garcia and Andrade left. Andrade, who is currently positioned, he's currently the, the, the league leader. Now, I know a lot of people want Eddie to win. And this always pops up. This is always the conversation that pops up every time I talk about it, every time we're chatting about it, whether it's on Blue Sky, follow me there, or on the Discord, Mr. Warren Hayes Show Discord. Link is in the description. Come and join us. We'd love to have you. Um, what about Eddie? I think Eddie's going to win. Oh, Eddie's my pick. You know, even people today, right, are still doing that. And we we talked about we talked about it on the collision review last week when Eddie got it, got a win. I would absolutely see him pull off a Naito here, where you know he lost his few you know his opening matches, but then comes back from behind and 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 swoops it all up. But right now, Eddie's win conditions are very much dependent on. The Brian Danielson Brody King match, which has been announced, right? Has it been announced? Andrade. Yeah, it has. It has uh, this Saturday. So we're at the Curtis Culwell Center. We're getting Danielson versus Brody King. Now, why is this a significant match for Eddie Kingston? I'll tell you. Eddie has two more matches left, he's got three points. He needs, if he wins, the maximum amount of points he can get is nine. If he, And he has to win his next two matches. If he wins his next two matches, he gets to nine points. If he, if Danielson or Brody King win their match, either or, they... Let me say that again. Brody King and Daniel and, and Danielson both have uh 
the tiebreaker over Eddie. They both have wins over Eddie. So the minute either of those guys gets to nine points, Eddie's fucked. Maybe not fucked, fucked, but he's in trouble. Because in the meantime, Andrade's at nine points. So Eddie would have to win. Brody, Eddie would have to win against Dan Garcia and beat Andrade, right? Those are his two matches he has left. And if he beats Andrade and Andrade somehow stays at nine points, Andrade loses to Claudio and then loses to, to Eddie. If by any chance that happens, then Andrade, uh, Andrade ties Eddie. But Eddie will have beat him, right? If Eddie has to win this, he has to win all of his matches. So he'll have the tiebreaker over Andrade. So he'll be able to, so he's in a better position. But then, if Brody King or Danielson win this Friday, that means whoever won that match has to also, that spells trouble for, for, for Eddie, absolutely. Because whoever wins got the, uh, got the, um, uh, has the tiebreaker. So Eddie, Eddie has so many moving parts right now. All he has, to, all he can really focus on is winning his matches and hoping that, uh, that Andrade drops one and that either Danielson or Kingston this week, uh, tie it up at the very least. So that, and then after lose their matches, that would be the best case scenario for Eddie. There's a lot more to this, obviously. There's, there, there, we can, we can go deeper, but we're not doing that right now. Cause like I said, like there are so many dots that you can connect here because the blue league is everyone is in contention. Everyone is like within a, a, a victory of making something significant or fucking their tournament up. It's been very, I told you guys and gals and non-binary pals to keep your eyes out on the blue league, right? I told you, I told you the blue league was going to be special. And it has been, just converted some fantastic matches. Collision this week, just a terrific show. The Danielson-Garcia um, uh, match, outstanding stuff. This is where we're at. And we're getting close to the league finals. Earned two weeks. I'll tell you one thing. I'll say it again. We, uh, when this tournament started... And we had those uh, few opening matches. I was like, eh, they have to pick it up. Boy, did they pick it up. And I think it's a combination of the matches picking up and people wrapping their head, their head around the, uh, the round robin tournament. I think people are seeing this play out. They're seeing how things are coming together and everyone's getting naturally into it. But do not discount the work that... All 12 of these guys are putting in in this tournament. It rules. It's been very good. It's been a tremendous amount of fun. This is the kind of thing upon which you can build this legacy for the of the C2. If this one is, is, is as good as this is, then next year people will be excited for it. Very naturally. Maybe we can build it properly and so on and so forth. But you know, we'll do a postmortem on that. We'll talk about that another time. But that's where we're at right now. So my coverage will continue on the Collision Review this Sunday. 
start off the show with that as we as we've been doing over the past uh, couple of weeks. So uh, there you go. So continental classic aside, uh, we have a, we have the rest of a show, uh, the rest of the show as well to uh, to break down. Now let, now here's the thing: the show opens with uh, Samoa Joe coming to the ring, and um, and uh, we start talking about. Uh, um, you know, last week's attack on MJF and by the devil. And he says he's here to, for answers. And, you know, he was supposed to protect MJF, but now, he, you know, the devil has made a liar out of him, so on and so forth. And he accused the hangman Adam Page because of a beer bottle. Uh, Page arrives and he says, look, if you want to accuse me of something, you know, just just say it. Uh, accuse me. Um, you, and, you know, he says, that, you know, you'd be surprised just how little... I, I, how little I care about all of this. He says, because I don't care about the bromance or the laser tag or the game of who done it. I just don't care. And I'm like, is Hangman, is Hangman taking notes from my show? This Hangman is me. <laughs> like the bromance, the laser. I'm like, oh, he, he's listening to me. He is the voice of the voiceless. Uh, and then, uh, that leads into Roderick Strong coming in with the kingdom. Rod talks about stuff. Um, you know, keeps hammering home that MJF is the devil. And then, uh, this all devolves into the Adam Page Roderick Strong match, which was tremendous. Roderick Strong, look, you can feel whichever way you feel about Adam and you know, the fucking wheelchair and the, you know, the, 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 the skits from the house and having, you know, the, the lawnmower and the, the giraffe stuff, the races and the, you know, whatever you can, you can feel whatever way you feel about that. I'll tell you this, um, this Roderick Strong is a and has always been a top-tier worker, a fantastic pro wrestler. No surprise here that he gets into the ring with Adam Page, who is a, 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 a another ace-level talent. And they do something that is tremendous for the 15 minutes or so that they that they that they wrestled. Just a tremendous, exciting match. You know, Kingdom interfere and Adam Page fights them all off and he should. He's top babyface guy. He shouldn't have to, he shouldn't have to deal with uh, low-level scrubs. I'm using scrubs a lot in this uh, review today. Try to vary my vocabulary a little bit. The, uh, but nonetheless... Gets the, the you know, he can't quite get the, 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 the buckshot, but the Deadeye gets the job done. So Hangman getting a, a solid win, getting some heat back. And, uh, and look, you know, we can already cut to the end. We can, let's, let's smush all of this. We're not going, we're bouncing through time here. We'll go to the end of the show and we'll come back. But, um, you know, after the, the main event, after Swerve versus Mox, we go back, not backstage, into the parking lot 
where uh, uh, Paige is being uh, swarmed by the uh, by the putties and um, the 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 devil's uh, goons, right? And he's fighting them off, and and they you know they finally put him through a windshield, you know, some some real glass Crimea River uh, shit right there, and. And uh, and the devil is there and looks on and whatnot. I'm like, okay. And, you know, no sign of MJF this week. You know there, someone's going to bring this up next week. Oh, the devil was there, but where were you, Max? And I was like, you know, haven't you watched Alicia Toots' vlogs? You'll know where I've been. Um, so, l- Listen. I did not hate this in the slightest bit. You know, the the Roderick Strong bit is uh, is annoying. It gets it grates me, gets on my nerves. Okay, but that being said, uh, everything that they set up in this angle here, you know, they're they're bringing Paige into the MJF Devil Fold here. Uh, you know, with Samoa Joe, they're getting some friction be- developed there and then you have yeah and, and then how it was executed at the end like it's still very who done it and sports entertaining but yeah we you know no attempts at poor comedy no bloom and onion jokes no uh oh me so spicy uh oh uh, food so spicy bullshit you know none of that stuff we're sticking to the basics we're doing things that are so clear and easy and and uh, so clear and easy and and that work. And I'm like, no, oh, this works. This is all fine. I I I I can't. I'm not. I can't poo poo any of this. It's all very good. So. <laughs> So this is what we're going to do at this point. We're going to we're we're going to pat everyone on the back here who has decided to swerve <laughs> move the MJF story into much more pro wrestling territory. It's you know still sports entertainment but it's not as heavy-fisted and disgusting as it was. And I think everyone is coming off looking better here. Even MJF in his recent promos. He's been coming off like the, uh, you know, been feeling like the old MJF again. You know, he's still a baby face, don't get me wrong, but his promos are more... Fo- and every time that he had to focus on in-ring promos, he's been tremendous. Once we start doing the goofy bullshit, that's when you lose me. But this stuff works. This stuff is better. I enjoyed this. It's a whodunit. Like... You know, I know everyone is speculating. I, I, I don't care enough because I don't think like it's taken such a while for this to get even remotely interesting, like even like a smidgen of interest because uh, they've been half half assing it, you know. And look, here's the thing that Excalibur a couple of weeks ago told me anyone who tries to help MJF gets attacked by the devil, you know, when that happened to the Acclaim. Well, Adam Page didn't try to help MJF. And he got attacked by the devil. So, you know, it's like there's still glaring issues with all of this. 
It's been mismanaged. I don't think creatively it's been solid. But the way we've realigned things, and you can feel it, we're bringing things back to to normal. To no, you know, hacking into the systems and all this bullshit. It's like, all right, let's do things. And this is the first week where I'm saying, I, I like I like this. This makes this works. If we continue down this line, it'll make sense. And here's the thing. Here's the most important thing. It won't make the MJF story feel any lesser. Won't make it feel worse. Might actually improve it. There you go. Uh, great match. I gave it. Uh, uh, I gave it four stars. Tremendous stuff. Uh, three and three quarter stars. Excuse me. Yeah. No. Sorry. Three and three quarter stars. It's. Andrade versus Brody King that I gave four stars to. We've already talked about that. Um, then uh, after, so then yeah, then we get the Andrade versus Brody King match. Then uh, Renee uh, is backstage with the Von Erichs. Kevin Von Erich is there with uh, Ross and Marshall, and uh, Kevin Von Erich says he loves AEW. He loves the style. Loves it so much that. You know, the top representatives of the brand, Orange Cassidy, Donhausen, and Trent Beretta pop in. <laughs> and uh, this all leads to a match where Orange Cassidy is going to uh, tag up with uh, with the Von Erich uh, kids, the, the, the grandchildren of Fritz, essentially, um, Marshall and Ross. Uh, and uh, they're going to do that on Rampage. Okie dokie. Now, here is unquestionably, I believe, the low point of the evening. Uh, there has been much, uh, there has been much that has been said about this, but uh, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna talk about Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega and their promo segment with Billy, B B Billy, see, I did it, <laughs> Ricky Starks and Big Bill. Um, yeah, you know, I thought this was awkward and weird and it 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 turned the corner when um when uh, Chris Jericho started comparing Ricky Starks to a better dressed Enzo Amore and then um and then Kenny says, "Well, the the only difference is that at least Enzo didn't hog up all the spotlight when hyping up Big Bill." You know, and 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 I find that fired up Ricky, right? Didn't you find Ricky? It, I think it. I think it pinched a nerve. I think. He, I think there's something that, uh, or he just, you know, naturally got fired up like big time and 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 just drove this home. But you know, I thought it was a little. There's a little more gumption in it, right? Anyway, uh, but I thought this was sloppy. I no energy. You know what? Here's what I found weird. Kenny Omega, and I know, look, Kenny is not, I don't think anyone here listening right now, you know, who is uh, level-headed and fair, will say that Kenny Omega is a great promo, right? I don't think, Kenny Omega is known for many, many things. His promo work isn't one of them. Um, and, and, you know, he's a very laid-back dude, seems very chill, but... I mean, there's chill and there's chill. Like, he was 
hanging over the top rope. Like his whole body language is just like, hmm. Didn't feel invested. Didn't feel like he cared. You know, you know, you had Jericho come out and Jericho was Jericho and he looked, he looked like Chris Jericho. You know, he had the fucking, um, the, 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 the leather vest, but there's a term for that. The, I, I don't remember what bikers call it. This, not the straps, the, uh, it doesn't matter. But he had, he had his, his leather vest on and, you know, he looked like Chris Jericho and he acted like Chris Jericho and Kenny was just like, and, you know, and his, every time he talked, it felt a little off. He felt, he looked like, he looked tired. He looked like he didn't care. Right? Don't you guys find? And he's flubbing his lines and he's doing the bid you a Jew thing at the, you know, over and over again. Like he's losing himself in the bit. And I didn't think this was great. Now, is this the worst thing I've ever seen in AEW? Oh, Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, far from it. But it stands out because... It stands out on a show where everything else was connecting. Hell, even the fucking stuff with the putties was working. Everything connected on the show. So this really did stand out. And I think that's why a lot of people are going particularly hard on it. And I think there's there's a lot uh, there's a lot that didn't work about this promo that is on Kenny Omega. <clears throat> I think there's a lot of stuff that didn't work here. Because Kenny was just, wasn't it? He didn't seem into, he didn't seem into it. Jericho was into it. Bill was into it. Rick, you know, Big Billy Starks, you know. Jericho was trying to do the the, the, the pun name thing, Big Billy Starks. And great save by Excalibur. Billy Starks challenging Athena for the Ring of Honor Women's World Championship this Friday on I got nothing here for the, for the, uh, the low point of the show. Fair, fair, but I don't think it's as, you know, destructive as some people are saying it is. I don't think it's that bad, but it was bad, but maybe not that bad, but it is it was bad, but not that bad. Riho in her match back from, uh, returning defeated Ruby Soho. I thought this was pretty good. I thought it was pretty good. Tony Storm was on commentary. I thought she was, uh, I thought that was fun. That was pretty good. I think that is the, one of the uh, least annoying is she, I, and I forgot, and I forgot to write it down, but she had, she she had the guys crack up at some point on commentary. And I don't remember what she talked about, what she said, but everyone corpsed. Um, I thought it was good. You know, nothing to tear the house down, but Rio's a solid worker. People really like her. Doing Northern Lights and Dragon Suplexes. Does the double stomp for the win. Ruby's sloppy. I like, I mean, we have to come to grips that Ruby Soho is just a, she's a sloppy pro wrestler. That's, that's all there is to it. Um, no sign of Soraya or Cool Hand Ange or all this nonsense. We focused on Riho returning and establishing herself as a contender for Tony Storm. And quite frankly, here's the thing. In another era... Not that long ago, um, a a less goofy Tony Storm would come into this match with Riho, and I'd be rubbing my hands together, and I'm like, this is going to rock. Here, I'm not sure. I'm not sure how much shtick we're going to get versus the amount of really good work we're going to get. 
I don't know. How many, you know, you know, shoulder, you know, Luther assisted spots are we going to get in all this bullshit? And then Mariah May is involved in this too. We'll find out. But a good little match. Uh, we get Wardlow continuing on his crusade against MJF. Then we get the Roosh and Lethal match. After that, uh, we get a uh, we get a promo, well, a, a package for the Blackpool Combat Club versus STR and Mark Briscoe match at uh, uh, Final Battle this week. And uh, that's going to... Uh, y'all know it's going to be tremendous. The Jay Briscoe Memorial match, right? That's just going to... It's going to rule. And then we got uh, Mox versus Swerve. Look at this. Look at this. A completely... Uh, a completely competent, well, more than competent, a well put together, dynamic, uh, 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 thrilling show with lots of fantastic wrestling. Like I don't know what more I don't know what more you'd want for this, right? What more do you want for this? This was great, and. Right now, you know, you know, we don't talk about ratings all that much here. I leave it to a, you know people who are much much better than I at doing this. But uh, you know, you look at the uh, you look at the quarter hours for last night's dynamite. Um, guess what, folks? The big matches. The you know, I'm looking at this here. Um, you know, people tuned in for the wrestling. And John Moxley versus Swerve was height big enough was the biggest quarter-to-quarter uh, -quarter change of the evening. You know, things started to dip with Riho versus Ruby Soho. Got a little better with uh, Lethal and Roosh. And, uh, and then uh, Mark Briscoe and Jay White. But then when it was time for John Moxley versus Swerve, everything started going up. Money mouth. There you go. That's a dynamite review for you. I'm excited for you all. I'm excited for you all to come back this Sunday for more for the collision review and more Continental Classic. I'm excited. I mean, I'm 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 hooked now. I'm into it. I'm into it. They got me. I want more of this. So let's do it. And it would be, uh, and, and uh, so I hope you guys are, and guys and non-binary pals are around as well so that we can continue breaking this tournament down as we get to uh, to world's end. Uh, so I'll be back on Sunday. Otherwise, I will be back on Tuesday for another live recording of the Mr. Warren Hayes show, which uh, will be uh, the last one before Christmas. So you want to come and check that out. Uh, in the meantime, folks, I hope you have a great rest of your week. Thank you very much for listening, and I'll see you next time.